Activating the time portal. Land before time land, land before time land. From the Cretaceous to the Jurassic, from the Great Green Valley to the Big Big Water. This land was made for time and land. Ah. Hello, all you faithful dino lovers. Welcome to Land Before Time Land, the <laughs> podcast where we watch the Land Before Time movies. For some reason that escapes us. I can't figure it out. I don't know how 14 of these things were made, but we are going to watch all of them. My name is Madeline May. Joining me is, of course, Chris Nebergal. Hello. And uh, today we have a really, really awesome guest. Uh, she is an amazing uh, comic artist. She made this comic, um, Jenna Spider Mouse, which I think is one of the best things I've ever read. Like not even Thank being you. hyper. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> I'm not even being hyperbolic. I, I absolutely love it. Um, she's also a, um, expat living in, uh, Japan until the, um, uh, the, the, the guns of the Patriots can be, um, rectified and, um, we can discover the secrets behind, uh, la le lu le lo. <laughs> she also made our, uh, logo, the, the, the beautiful, uh, Land Before Time Land logo that you all see every episode. Ladies, gentlemen, and dinosaurs, Rachel Jackson. <laughs> Hello, what's up? I'm on a podcast. That you That's, are. That was stupid. That was so dumb. It's, I, I shouldn't. Whatever. No, we're keeping it. Um, but <laughs> okay. You only you only get one shot on this show. Yeah, we don't edit this podcast at all. It's all just straight. <laughs> um, That's fine. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Rachel, what is your experience with the Land Before Time uh, franchise? Oh my lord. Okay, I've seen Land Before Time. But I've never actually seen, like, the whole thing in one sitting. Because it was just on Cartoon Network, you know? Right. And, uh, yeah, so I would I would watch it, but, like, my mom would, like, be like, stop watching TV, go do something. You know, and then I'd come back and I'd miss whole chunks of it. And so I, I think I saw the whole movie, but, like, in the wrong order and very segmented. <laughs> All right, wow. Um, uh, and I then, like, you know, I, I would come back and... Like, there would be, like, Land Before Time 2 on TV. And it was the same sort of stuff. Like, my mom, like, yelling at me to, like, do stuff. And then coming back and then being like, you know, hey, Rachel, you know, don't don't watch TV so much. And, you know, sure enough, I come back and, uh, I don't know. Like, I, all of them are mixed up in my head. Because they're, I, I thought that Chomper was, like, in Land Before Time, like, the first one. You know, just because I didn't know, like, when the movie ended and when the new one started. So yeah. you went to Japan so you could finally watch all the Land Before Time movies you wanted without being hassled to stop watching TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, finally you can get away uh, from your parents and watch all the dinosaur cartoons uh, you Little want. Little known motivation for me leaving the country, yes, just to watch all the cartoons. No, I, I love it, Rachel. Like, your experience with this franchise is kind of like a, a hodgepodge uh, uh, patterned quilt of uh, yes <laughs> of entertainment a beautiful avant-garde symphony uh yeah yeah and I, but i did i do think like as i got older i definitely knew something was up because i did notice like when i was going back and forth that the the animation got like weirder but the thing is like both of my parents are in the animation industry so my dumbass brain like even when i was like nine or ten i was like oh this is clearly like an avant-garde experimental like <laughs> you know <laughs> commentary like on the industry 
well, Hell well yeah. if anything, if anything is, this one is. Uh, th- this one like has some weird animation. Like how people are taking this? Yeah. <laughs> oh God, you're right. Like I, I noticed like the line art of Ducky was just so wiggly, you know. And um, of course, the normal like size ratio of stuff. I, we'll get into that later, I guess. We can go into the. Uh... So Rachel, let's go into it. So as somebody that kind of watched the Land Before Time franchise in this kind of kind of watched the Land Before Time franchise, you know, in, in the in a way that a um a serial killer in a video game sees the world. <laughs> What is your overall just impressions of, of the Land Before Time 9 journey to big water? Like what? I mean, this sounds cliche, but it was very like, because I was expecting like a bad movie, but I watched it and it was very like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I think in my notes, I just wrote, like after a while, I just started writing what the fuck over and over <laughs> and over. <laughs> this is definitely the one where the franchise starts to lose its mind a little bit. Uh- yeah, there are yeah. some there are some nutty sequences in this film. It also is the somehow the simplest Lamb Before Time movie, which yeah. sounds yeah. crazy to say because they're all like nothing movies. But this but one this- is just <laughs> so devoid of plot. It's so vapid. It's incredible. It's so boring. Yes. And it's it's so just nothing happening for the whole movie. It's 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 like why does this even exist? For for me, this was one of the most torturous ones. Um, mm. I I don't know. In in the, having watched nine of them, this one's going near the bottom of my list. Yes, just um, for the sheer sp- sparsity of it. Yes, uh, it's it's pretty bad, but l- not for you, uh, dear listeners. We if, if there's plenty to talk about, <laughs> so don't skip this one. There's 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 a lot to make fun of because this is also the crazy one. This is also the crazy one. So let's just jump right into it. Land Before Time 9, Journey to Big Water. So we cut to uh, a fairly common opening, uh, the water opening, but this time it makes sense because we are talking about water in this yeah, movie. Yeah, this, this time the opening mm-hmm. is not just some random evolution montage to set up the very concept of dinosaurs, but rather uh, an actual introduction to the principal focus of this movie we start underwater we have the whole fantasia sequence with all the evolution of of deep sea creatures and whatnot um Mm -hmm. you know same old same old narration and we we notice right off the bat that the animation style has changed yet again uh now Mm -hmm. what we have is lots and lots and lots of 3d elements uh, thrown in. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Rachel, a- as a bit of an artist uh, yourself, how would you describe the the animation style of this movie? Wiggly. It's just wiggly. <laughs> wiggly. Like it's like Ed and Eddie level, like like the line art of it. I mean, also just like the use of 3D is so random and off putting. Like it it doesn't. We 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 mentioned this when we talk about the the TV show on our Patreon podcast, but like the backgrounds. And objects and the characters look like they exist in completely different universes. Like they're just not able to touch each other. Yeah, it looks like somebody did this very nice detailed painting of the ground and then just like (laughs) slapped a layer that is the character on top of the ground with no effort to integrate whatsoever. Like the feet of the characters throughout this entire film appear to just be like hovering in space (laughs) above the ground. Like they can be standing on grass and there's not a single grass blade that pops up in front of their foot or is crushed beneath their foot or anything. They're just like 
magically hovering above the grass as if they are ghosts walking the land of the living. Yeah, it, it, it's it's like if uh, somebody just took like a log from Crash Bandicoot and just like pasted it directly into this movie. Yeah. It just nothing looks right. Yeah, he pretty much hit the nail on the head. And also, I wanted to talk a little bit about the use of color. Oh, like, yeah. Just how freaking, you know, like, um, what the hell is wrong with Petrie's mom? What, why is she colored this way? That is you that know? is a frequent occurrence in these movies, is inconsistency <laughs> also in the, the colors. And the dolphin, Mo, like, holy mo- like, this guy looks like an LGBT flag. Uh, and then, like, all the dinosaurs look <laughs> Well, I appreciate like, that. You know, that's a, that's, a good yeah. po- that's a good positive message from this movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, like, all the other dinosaurs are, like, basically, you know, I guess because of the first one, they're all kind of, like, different shades of, like, you know, basically earthy sort of colors. I think that comes from the um, the changing perception, the, the changing paleo art throughout history. Like, when the first mm. one was made, dinosaurs were perceived as very ugly and, and lizard-like and... You know, now paleo art is dominated by the the bright and colorful, you know, tropical parrot-esque dinosaur. And so you're starting to see more of that creep yeah. into the newer characters. Yeah, you, you, we're starting to see like wrong dinosaurs mixed with right dinosaurs. And it's it's very bizarre. Yeah. And you're right, like the colors are totally off, though at least it's not like the old movies where the characters would just like change colors per scene. <laughs> I, yeah. They just could not be bothered to just keep the same shade. Well, it's because they did. Now, so they can just you know fill in the same color every time oh my god like it was so bad rachel like in the third movie like you can see like the sides of the cell paper and some of the oh, sh- and some of the shots like how is it it's so bad it's so bad so speaking of of terrible animation one of the worst shots for me comes right here in this opening you know when they do the typical then there were the dinosaurs in the great valley and it does the reveal shot of the great valley and it's got like this huge wide shot where you can see the entire great valley like you're flying over over it in a plane but the individual (laughs) dinosaurs in it are so large they look like they would be like godzilla sized in that space it's like you're looking at like a a real-time strategy game or something yeah i thought we would just we just started playing uh starcraft out of nowhere <laughs> while watching this like what is yeah. happening that is some yeah are we like in a pinball game or something like am i supposed to knock these dinosaurs <laughs> off with a big ball of some kind yeah and the scale just gets worse as time goes on there's one particular thing that i would love to mention but we need to like start talking about the movie to get there but I'm, like well no, let, let's, <laughs> it just drives me insane let's not ruin the fun by having to talk about the movie <laughs> Uh, let's uh, stick to uh, no, we what, what's going on. Well, what's interesting about that that horrible um, establishing shot with all the um, the uh, uh, freakish dinosaurs is that up until that point, like this almost seems like a competent movie. Like the opening with the water and the dinosaurs and like the narration, like it's one of the better openings I think for this franchise because it's very specific. It has a very clear goal. Like the designs aren't terrible. Yeah. Minus a couple like really cheap like composite backgrounds like it looks like fairly okay but then once you see that 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 big old wide shot like oh here it is there we go yeah this is the land before time we know and love yeah yeah and the i I think for my notes i wrote water intro absurdly long (laughs) oh yeah and the padding continues they're always that way yeah yeah we just went on and on and i think the point was like 
you know, dinosaur land is screwed, except for the Great Valley, which is only sort of screwed. You yeah. Know? Once again, we have this weird ambience of doom and gloom where like the yeah. whole world is depicted as being in this constant state of apocalyptic flux and uncertainty. But the Great Valley is is always talked about as being the sole refuge from this horrific, mysterious climate change, except that it isn't, because mm-hmm. every movie, including this one, is about some sort of disastrous upheaval that affects the Great Valley. Yeah, yes. if the Great Valley is supposed to be a heaven, it's, it's definitely the good place, where it's just all bad all the time. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's absolutely uh, horrible. So after this shot of this uh, predatory phone game ends, uh, we find out that it's been raining a lot that there's this big uh, flood uh, that's been happening. Yeah, the latest ecological uh, catastrophe that's hit the Great Valley is a lot of rain. Yeah, we've had blizzards. And Littlefoot <laughs> is bored. Yes. yes. so bored. The whole rainfall happens, and there's just tons and tons of water flooding the Great Valley. And the inciting incident of this film is that Littlefoot wants to play with his friends, but he can't. Because they all have to do some form of contrived work due to the flooding. Yeah, like like, yeah. Um, like like he asks Sarah if she wants to play, and Sarah's like, "Oh no, we can't. This log fell on our nest." Um, yeah, sorry, Littlefoot. All my brothers and sisters are dead from this log. It cracked all the eggs open, so we gotta move it. We have to spend thirty minutes rolling this CGI log oh off my of God. the meadow that this we sleep in. Log. This log looks like it's from a different movie. Yeah. Like, I don't know where they got this log, but it was not from Land Before Time. This this log is a booby trap in a temple level in some sort of Crash Bandicoot game. No. It's it's from, like, Mayan Run. What's that? That phone game? Temple Run, <laughs> Temple yeah. Run, yeah. This is, a te- this is a Temple Run. You have to you have to tap to jump over this log. I think Littlefoot at one point, because oh, c- we meet Sarah's, you know, awful dad again, and Littlefoot at one point says, hey, can I help you move this log? Oh, thanks for the offer, Littlefoot, but my daughter and I are fully capable of doing the job ourselves. And the dad acts like, you know, me when I'm off my meds, where he, like, takes any help as an insult and is like, we're fully capable of doing the job ourselves. Uh, no, I love it. Mr. Threehorn is like, if you, if, now, if you touch the tree, we can't touch it anymore. You know, get your, get your filthy long neck, your filthy long, long neck, neck hooves or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Off this log. Yeah, yeah. Petrie's whole issue is that he's, you know, got COVID-19 or whatever. Yeah. He's, like, sneezing and Yeah, Petrie. Yeah, Pe- <laughs> Fuck it. What's even weirder, he says, like, he got sick because his feet were wet. Me got sniffles from having wet feet. Which is like, I have so many questions about that. Like, yeah, like you're, how, you're I literally. I thought that was like a thing about dinosaur. I didn't know. Like you're a, also, he flies. Like yeah, why and, is and he lives on And lives on a cliff. <laughs> on a cliff. Like what? why is he sleeping in, with water? And then Ducky, uh, Ducky can't play either because they have to build a new nest area because theirs is too squishy. Yeah, so I don't, know, I don't know what kind of. Squishy, squishy, squishy. Squishy, like, squishy, squishy. Like... Well, Five again, minutes. well, well, like Sarah, her family is dead, so she is going through the <laughs> grieving process in her own way, and I hope we can all respect that. So um, Littlefoot can't play with his friends. Uh, here begins the most prophetic song in the history <laughs> of the franchise, a song titled "It's uh, So Boring." It's boring, boring, really, truly boring when you have to be alone when you need some. 
some friends to play, let's pretend, but they have to stay at home. Bit of a banger. I like this song a lot. I wrote a note here and it said, all little foots friends are fucked up because of climate change and it's boring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like this is the perfect um, movie for our current moments. Like this is mm -hmm. what living in quarantine is like we're just bored out of our mind like it might as well be flooding outside i don't know i don't I, go i don't no. leave i don't leave my apartment it definitely felt like um covid covid19 movie because like petrie's sick and like all this like climate catastrophe going on at the same time and i was also going to say that like did you did you have like a ratatouille flashback like to your childhood after ducky's mom started talking and you realized that that was just Angelica's mom from the Rugrats. Yeah, that's Tress McNeil. She, uh, she, yeah. she also, I believe, she also played um, other characters on that show. She was, she was all over that show and just like all over all the Nicktoons, all the Animaniacs cartoons, The Simpsons, right, right. I was like Futurama. Well, well, I've, I've been rewatching um, uh, Rescue Rangers, and she's the voice of Gadget. Yeah, on yeah. That show. She's like every female every. Yeah, voice she's been in, in like show. every show. I like this song, boring though, because like it took me like ten seconds to realize. Wait, this is actually just one is the loneliest number with different lyrics <laughs> yeah and then i love this and then i love it because i love that song so like i like this song this is fun two dinosaurs can he be as bad as one dinosaur loneliest dinosaur <laughs> next to number dinosaur but i do like this song and this is one of the reasons why this is isn't my least favorite land before time movie because i did um enjoy this moment and we almost think again like the opening this could be a competent movie the last Last one we we listened to was actually pretty good. We actually liked number eight. You know, insofar as we like these, I like these, these yes, yeah, so like far, these yeah. Movies. I mean, with with a lot of asterisks, we liked number eight. So we were hoping that nine would continue that tradition. This starts out weird as shit. Yeah, uh, Littlefoot immediately. Uh, immediately starts to go insane upon not being able to play with his friends. <laughs> well, the first uh, the first hint that there was something wrong with Littlefoot is when he's just lying down sad and like his grandfather or grandmother's like, oh, Littlefoot, would you like a tree star? And he's like, I don't want a tree star. Thanks, Grandpa, but I don't want a tree star. I want to have some fun. I'm like, he's about to die. <laughs> Something's like, wrong with him. No, yeah. Littlefoot does not want a tree star. No, like, this is serious. He's... Uh, <laughs> my first inkling that he was going through a, like, the shining moment of insanity is when <laughs> he starts, like, insulting his mom, basically, being like, if my mother gave me a brother. I wish my mom had given me a brother, then I'd always have someone to have fun with. Oh, you know, shit! Like... Yeah, that was dark. Yeah. <laughs> Holy I would, fuck. I would None be able to play with him. if my mom didn't just give me a brother. It's too bad my mom didn't get pregnant again before Whoa. she had to go and die. So then he's like, well, I can't uh, race my friends to the waterhole, so I'll just race myself. So he runs down <laughs> to the waterhole and proceeds to begin uh, talking to his reflection like Gollum. Hello, Littlefoot. What would you like to do today? I don't know, Littlefoot. What do you want to do? Hey, no fair. I asked you first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see. He's, he's like a he's like a little spe a little scaly smeagle. And he's he's given his reflection a different voice and everything. And what I love about this is this sequence goes on like way longer than it should. Like I thought this was gonna be like a one and done, but he continues to talk to himself in the water for like a good like five ten minutes. Uh, yeah, which is amazing. Oh, and, and before that, yeah, sorry before before that, his uh, grandpa 
says something like, everyone's, like, kind of feeling this way, but you can just go and make other friends if you want. So you see, Littlefoot, in a world so full of life, you're only as alone as you choose to be. And, like, he just doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's like, his like actually well, good advice. Well, his grand dinosaurs. Yeah, his, yeah, his <laughs> grandfather is, is like, um, oh, Littlefoot, uh, there's all sorts of creatures and animals out there and you just gotta catch them all Littlefoot gotta catch them all and so (laughs) Littlefoot just runs off and goes I'm gonna make up my own friends yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, grandpa has this weird monologue about how you're never really (laughs) alone but it's not because like oh your friends are close by or oh the spirits of your loved ones whatever it's like no you're literally never alone look how many bugs there are <laughs> look how many creatures are constantly you're in a jungle Littlefoot you can never be alone Littlefoot uh, you can never be alone uh, don't you know you swallow 13 spiders in your sleep every night uh, so uh, like we said Littlefoot is, is, is talking to himself not just talking to himself arguing with himself uh <laughs> Because like about about how to strangle Sarah and and acquire the precious. It's funny because like his reflection is like a total loser. Okay, but we have to be careful. Uh, don't be such a scaredy egg. His reflection, like, oh, Littlefoot, we have to be careful. And Littlefoot's like, you're not my dad. Reflection, I'm gonna do what I want. And I'm like, he's he's lost his mind. This is like complete insanity. Littlefoot is one of those right, right. one of those extroverts who just isn't taking quarantine well. Like, oh yes. the minute that he yes. gets shut away from his friends, he just loses his That's mind. That's exactly what's happening. That's why you need to call your extrovert friends right now in quarantine. They are not doing okay. They are not okay. So this movie is ahead of its time, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That we can say that, yeah. Let, let's say that. Uh, it's it's, it's got to be ahead in something. Uh, Littlefoot starts talking to himself. He he runs back to uh, Grandpa, who is um, with the other dinosaurs, and they're upset because like everything's flooded now. Grandpa Longneck sees Littlefoot like frolicking near the new body of water that has been created in the Great Valley by all of the rains. And he says, I was afraid of this. Uh, And I was saying what? That Littlefoot finally snapped? Yeah, there was a moment (laughs) where I thought Grandpa was like actually just talking about his grandson. Oh, I gotta have to get the shotgun and put him down. So there's a new body of water now. It's a new body of water. A big lake in the Great Valley. The adults are like super freaked out about it because they don't like new things and And uh, they think that there might be immigrants in the water or something. Which, yeah, which would be horrible. Even though Grandpa gave, like, a big speech about, like, hey, Littlefoot, maybe you can go out and discover a new species. Like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Grandpa tells uh, Littlefoot to do colonialism. And um, so Littlefoot goes off and just, uh, it's like, I'm going to conquer the world. I am the the great uh, Dino Magellan. And he um, proceeds to um, meet uh, a swimmer. Which is also the name of fish. So it's not just Ducky and her family that are swimmers. It's also like uh, dolphins and shit. Yeah, they meet. They meet. It's a super category. It's a super category. They yes. meet. They meet this ichthyosaur, which is basically like a prehistoric uh, dolphin-like uh, reptile, and it is basically the uh, Poochie slash Jar Jar Binks of this movie. <laughs> I hate this character almost immediately. 
Uh, this is just terrible. Like, just immediately yeah. annoying. Just only makes weird sounds the entire film. The vocal performance is, is Rob Paulson basically doing Stitch. You know, like, oh, yeah. my friend, Littlefoot. And then just doing, like, Littlefoot. Yeah. With like a Y for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like it's my like... note my note for Poe is I can't understand a damn word this porpoise says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, uh no, yeah, yeah, Mo is uh disgusting. Like there, there's there's a period where like Littlefoot and Mo have like an interaction where because Mo has like terrible pronunciation, I guess, even in universe, and Littlefoot's like, no, my name's not Yittlefoot, it's Littlefoot. I'm Littlefoot. Yittlefoot? <laughs> no, li- li- Littlefoot. And the dolphin, like, can't talk at all, and it's, like, supposed to be funny or whatever. Then the dolphin says, like, the most incoherent garbage shrieking that I've ever heard, and <laughs> Littlefoot is like, yeah, that's right, yeah, like, like, some <laughs> sentence, like, he wants to do something, yeah, yeah. but, like, in, in film, like, all the, uh, writers, I guess, thought that this made, like, perfect sense, but, like, even me, like, just watching it, I was like, wait a minute, that still sounds like gibberish, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, at this point, I thought, like, wouldn't it be great if, like, Littlefoot steps into the water and he just, the Mo just, like, takes him down into the bottom of the sea and just, like, eats him? Like, let's like, have... like, a, like a mermaid seducing a victim. Because I believe Mo is evil just from how horrible he is, and I just hate him so. I, I have a question. Yes. So, Mo, like, how, how does Mo get there? Did he fall off the waterfall? I, I think the. Like, during the flooding? I think the implication which we'll get into, is that the water level simply rose enough to connect mm-hmm. the Great Valley to the ocean, and he swam here or was washed here somehow. But uh, they're via all, that. like, l- gesturing towards the waterfall. You know, they're like, it came from, you know, the the water. So I was thinking, like, as Mo and his friends, they were all, like, kind of on top of the waterfall, and then they just got washed down the waterfall and into the Yeah, it really doesn't make any sense because then he swims downstream to get back to the ocean because the ocean is yeah 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 because I'm like what I believe he actually says in his like his fucking uh, Donnie from Wild Thornberry's voice that he like actually did end up in the Great Valley because of the storm yeah he just doesn't explain how if we're understanding him correctly look let's again if we're gonna go down this route with this movie we are gonna lose our minds we let's not try and. figure out oh no i have more logic i have more logic complaints because in in this case the entire plot of the movie doesn't make sense but i'll get to that in a bit but first (laughs) uh sarah so all of all of sarah littlefoot's friends are are released from work detail and they're they're suddenly like well where's littlefoot where's littlefoot where's littlefoot he better not be playing with somebody without us and it sounds like he's having a bunch of fun with us. Yeah, there, there's this moment where Sarah's like, like that sounds like Littlefoot's laugh, and he's having fun without us. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> like holy shit, Sarah! Yeah. Like, we, like, and we, like, <laughs> that's my and Ducky, Ducky's like immediately making the situation worse because I remember Ducky said, "Maybe Littlefoot is hiding from us because he's mad at us." <laughs> Hell yeah, uh, I, re- I respect it. So then, my favorite thing happens. They run down to the river to see Littlefoot, and the first thing they see is Littlefoot covered in mud, and he says, hey, guess what, friends? I have a new mud brother. (laughs) We're mud brothers now. Guess what? Mo and I just became mud brothers. Mo? Who Mo? Yeah, Mo who? 
He's my best friend. Mo and I became mud brothers. He's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah. god. And this is a character he's known for like 15 minutes tops in universe. Um <laughs> His friends are rightfully just creeped out. And um, I mean, I think they also knew it would happen eventually. This is basically just the aliens that he saw in movie seven. Like that finally came up to him. Like he finally started to register what he saw. And he's now just losing his mind. Because they all, they're like, let's meet Mo. Let's go to meet Mo. And so Littlefoot takes them to him. But Mo is like not there. One of them, I think it might be, might have been Sarah, was just like, you know, oh, Littlefoot, you just made it up. He's just an imaginary friend. And Littlefoot gets like really indignant and says, I would never make an imaginary friend. <laughs> well, I didn't. I wouldn't talk to an imaginary friend. No, he was like talking to himself How like the whole movie. <laughs> and, um, and then the other characters proceed to sing a song about all of the their imaginary song. friends. Oh, because Petrie is like, uh, what's the big deal? I talk to an imaginary friend. <laughs> Me talk to imaginary friend all the time. Because I'm lame Q and none song. of you like me. Like, like, <laughs> like, he was like, literally just goes into the song and I'm like, yeah, I'm, like, remember all those times Petrie's just like talking to himself and like, <laughs> so he's talking to his imaginary friend. Um, and this song happens and it's immediately just like it's my favorite. Aw, it's it's a good one. This the songs aren't bad in this movie. We have a friend, a very special friend, and nobody can see or hear him. We play every day, he do anything we say, and he make me happy when we near him. But like it's so funny because like at the end, like Mo just shows up. And so it's like well, what up. was the point of this song? Yeah. So I, I have a whole thing here. Oh god. The <laughs> When they start singing about the song, they start singing about how great imaginary friends are. And Sarah's very like, well, what's the point? This isn't like a real friend. Littlefoot says, imaginary friends are great because you never fight with each other. And then he also says, they always believe everything you say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then Sarah, Sarah says like, I don't know. I think that we should have like real friends and not imaginary friends. And Littlefoot says, Sarah, you would like imaginary friends too. Because they uh, they always say that you're right. Like, you never have to admit you're wrong. Wherever you want to go, they go. And whatever you do, you're always right. Well, I like that. And Sarah says, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. That that was so funny. Uh, now, now, now. I was dying. Oh my. That was the funniest thing. Um. <laughs> Now, uh, uh, we've joked about Sarah uh, being a bitch. Um, we've actually uh, spoken on this podcast uh, something you had said when we made the logo uh, for this uh, for this podcast where you you um, suggested putting Littlefoot in the circle. And I said, oh, why don't you put Sarah in there, too? And do you remember what you said to me? Yeah, I said, no, I, I don't want to put Sarah in there because Sarah's a bitch. <laughs> And I just, I started laughing and you are absolutely right. And in this movie, particularly, she is at like peak bitchiness. Like almost yes. every line she says is just like the most petty, whiny shit imaginable. She, she's basically at the worst that she's been since the first movie where she was really bad. Like yeah. she's back to like movie one levels of just negging every single thing that anyone else says. Yeah, but at least in the first mm -hmm. movie, it's like charming because like that's a good movie. Yeah. But 
Like, this is just awful. Like, Sarah is insufferable throughout this this entire film. I mean, and yeah. I, I honestly think she's not a bad character. Like, in some of the other films, she, she has some time to shine. And we joke, like, there has to be one dinosaur in the group that's not, like, just crazy happy all the time. Like, yeah. there has to be some kind mm-hmm. of negative force. But in this movie, like, whoever's whoever they got to write it just, like, did not give a fuck. Like, it's just so bad. Right. So the Imagination song lasts, because I noticed this, this was kind of, like, weird, because... It came out of nowhere because Mo is not imaginary, as we all know. Yeah. And so I wrote down the timestamp. I'm like, okay, 23 minutes and 31 seconds in is when this imagination time, you know, or imagination song starts. And then it ends at 26 minutes, 48 seconds. So it's just three minutes. Like, you could have cut that out. You don't need three minutes of imagination, do you? No, but you you need songs. It's a musical. You know, you have to get them songs in there. Make a song about something else. (laughs) Oh, point, I do right? not. I do not trust the songwriters to do anything <laughs> remotely competent in this franchise. Um, it does. It does feel like it was a product of a late night discussion of like, oh god, what, what, what's going to be the what's third the song? Third in this movie? Song? I like some of the designs of the imaginary friends. One of them just looks like a horrifying clown. <laughs> For some reason, a dinosaur clown, like yeah. a like a terrifying, like this fucking um, John Wayne Gacy looking <laughs> <laughs> fucking dinosaur. That was like, why is this? This doesn't have to be here. We could just leave this dinosaur and never talk about it again. Um, just super. Some were just straight up like Pete's dragon, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Pete's dragon, bunch of little fucking heffalump and woozle looking motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, it was just like what? Just not even matching the style of like the rest of the movie. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, I guess after this they meet Mo and whatever. I didn't take notes because I think I fell asleep during this part. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> and then the antagonist shows up. Yes. Because also in the lagoon is a big giant Jurassic World esque mosasaur that wants to eat Mo and a bad swimmer a ba- they call it a bad swimmer or alternately a sharp tooth <laughs> swimmer yes and it's it's trying to eat Mo and there's this implausible moment where they somehow stop it by tying like tying up vine to its flipper yeah like Mo like looks at this has happened before where like <laughs> Mo like looks at a vine and then like the next shot the vine is like tied up on the tail of the big dinosaur with no explanation of how that happened yeah, or yeah. how that's even possible, but whatever. It's just it's just a thing. I just remember just how gleeful Mo was when the bad swimmer was trapped and I wrote, sadistic dolphin is glad the swimmer sharp tooth is trapped. Yeah. Oh yeah, yes. every, yeah, Mo definitely gets like a little bit of a turn on from, from violence and just like yeah. be, being, a, <laughs> especially just being an asshole. Like all he does is just like, he's, he's a Jar Jar Binks. He's just like, I'm more. Let's play and have fun. So because this big monster is is in the lagoon, they they like escape from it somehow. I don't remember. Uh, but because this big monster is in the lagoon now and threatening Mo, Littlefoot's like, "Well, we have to help Mo. He's my mud brother." Uh, it's like Littlefoot, you've met this character for like five minutes. Like it's, it's <laughs> yeah. fucking calm down. So they decide to go to the grown-ups, which they have never done before. Uh, to 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 solve their problem, and <laughs> that's actually true. They've never done. That. They have they have a meeting with the grown ups, <laughs> and immediately they're like, "Hey, we gotta we gotta help this uh, this little dolphin guy get back to the ocean, the big water." And immediately, Daddy Tops is just like, "No, that's dumb. You can't be serious. 
We're not going to the mysterious beyond to help some strange creature that just turns around. <laughs> and yeah, and even like Littlefoot's grandpa is like, like now, uh, Daddy Tops, there's nothing wrong with asking a question, but it is a dumb question, Littlefoot. You need to do better now. <laughs> yeah. So the adults, the adults, just like shoot down the idea of helping and are kind of talking to themselves about like. I don't know, the ethics of, of whether or not it's okay for Littlefoot to even ask that. And while they're talking, <laughs> Littlefoot just turns around and walks away. Like they're like not a teenager, Like but a teenager going to the party. They're not even trying to yeah. sneak off anymore. They just leave. They, they know, like, what are our parents going to do? They've never done anything to stop us before. So it's whatever. Let's just go. And what are going to do? The adults turn around from having their conversation and they're like, kids? Kids? <laughs> Well, anyways, I wrote here, devastating earthquake of biblical proportions. Yeah, this we is... see the physical jaws of hell. Well, okay, yeah, yeah. so... So, <laughs> earth, earth shakes have always been deus ex machinas in this franchise. But this one is, like, the most insane fucking, like you said, just, like, God's wrath. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I, out of nowhere, a giant, out of nowhere, no nowhere. point. Giant lava-filled cracks opening up in the earth. Huge, like mountains of rock getting shoved up through the crust and then flipped over like pancakes. Yeah, like not not since the first movie have we seen an earthquake like this, just enormous. This just insane. Yeah, the Great Valley going from like green and like vibrant and lovely to just bright red oh, in yeah, like a, a millisecond. All of a sudden the ground just changes colors too for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> like all the all the fucking grass and shit is just gone. Like alright, whatever. And this cataclysmic um, earth shake of course traps our characters uh, somewhere away with from with Mo near the lake away from their parents and now they're like well I guess the writers uh, who are gods decided <laughs> that our parents uh, shall not be allowed to follow us on this adventure to take Mo to the big water. Yeah, um, it it's either that the writers just did not know how to make this story move ahead and just made it like an earthquake happen, or what I believe is that Littlefoot willed it to happen through yeah. sheer force of prayer. Yeah, well, just that's, like, <laughs> his losing his mind is is the sign of his carry powers uh, manifesting, and he can't he can't control them. Oh, this is like his prom moment. He yeah, just yeah. made it. Uh, yeah, I believe that. Okay. S so now I have a big complaint. I have a big big whiny complaint. Um, because sure. the entire rest of this movie, as you can imagine, is consumed with the question of our characters getting Mo back to the big water, helping him get home. But when they were first talking about how they were going to get him home, I thought, oh, they're going to have to like carry him across land or something. There's going to be some like way that they have to help to get him to the ocean. But no, there is like a river that just connects this lake to the ocean and Mo can just <laughs> swim this entire river on his own. And the characters go with him, walking beside him on the land that's parallel to the river for no reason that I can discern. <laughs> I don't know why, how they're helping. How, how are they helping? Right. Yeah. Well, Mo, there, there is a moment where Mo would not be able to go down the river any further without Littlefoot or Sarah's, no, no, without Petrie's help, without Petrie's help. But they don't know that. Yeah. You know? 
It's just like, you're going to swim down this river and we're going to walk alongside you and hang out. And like a couple of times, there's there's something where it's like, oh, he's unsure how to get over this rock. Uh, I guess we'll give him the idea yeah. to jump over it, even though jumping <laughs> is the thing that he does all the time anyway, because he's a dolphin. And then he jumps over right. the rock and he's like, you're right, I could jump over the rock. <laughs> it's, it's like the weakest excuse for an adventure ever. And Petrie, like, I wrote down, like, is Petrie's thing that he wants to be a hero? Yes, that's actually pretty. Yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's common for his character. That's an established yeah. thing. That's established. Yeah. Okay. He, he Petrie is a, is extremely insecure yeah. and cowardly, so he has an ego thing where he imagines himself as a hero. That, that okay. always happens. All right. So I didn't know that, but anyways, so he wants to be a hero, and even though in his song he says that he couldn't fly for one week. Magically, he knows how to fly again. Yes. And can, like, survey the whole area and tell Littlefoot, you know, basically work, like, Google Maps and be like, oh, this way, you know, to the big water, this works, you know. And there's a brief moment where he sees his imaginary friend again, but it's only for, like, a second. There's, like, no reason for it. And I wrote down, <laughs> it, the imaginary friends thing serves no narrative porpoise. And then I crossed out porpoise and I wrote purpose because that was a bad joke. I like it. No. Uh, I like, really? I've always liked porpoise uh, as a joke. Por porpoise. The word porpoise is funny. Yeah. Inherently. I, yeah. I'm not sure if this film is porpoisely moronic, but it definitely. <laughs> I like the imaginary friend that Petrie like makes up because like for a second it just dies and falls to the ground. <laughs> And he's like, oh, I have to imagine wings on it. Like, <laughs> Petrie, are, like, I don't think you're okay, Petrie. Like, I think that sickness you got is, like, going to your mind. I think you really do have COVID. Like, you are starting to have a fever-induced hallucination. They're all losing their minds. Yeah. They, they, and, and also, like, Petrie's big thing is that he's trying to find the right path for the dinosaur to go through. Uh, however, when, when they're walking, we never see the river split and any direction besides just straight. Yeah, that's like straight. there's well, that's no yeah. fucking forks in the road. There's well, that's what gave path. me the impression that they're not helping at all. Like I had forgotten until you brought it up just now that Petrie, like being Google Maps, actually does help because the movie just kind of glosses over that. And I, from my memories of the movie, was just under the impression that there was just one river. But that that's they all we see. We don't along. see any other alternate paths. Yeah. Like the the, the one explanation I can think of for why this has to why, why this plot happens i think the movie is trying to tell us that mo is afraid of going by himself and so like the other dinosaurs are kind of like giving him company to kind of like help him on because i think there's a line in the film where mo says like i'm too afraid to go back to the ocean or something like that right however the problem with that is that mo like fucking fights like a big ass like alligator dinosaur by himself and and just has fun doing and it and just has fun like the, he, this he has no fear of anything he he is fueled by fear like fear makes him powerful <laughs> that didn't bother me so much because my i was thinking that during this earthquake the river like a, any any idea of the layout of this land is just completely just ignore it and like nobody knows where anything is we need petrie to go out and i fly know that's a good see that is a good that's point. what i thought like might have happened was like the earthquake just 
messed everything up and we need a flyer to go up and like look and see where big water is and come back and all right, report all what right, direction well, to take. Then you, you, your response to the movie was much more charitable than, than ours was. Okay. Uh, look, let's, uh, okay, Chris, let's not be cinema sins here. All right. Let's not fucking go through every single plot hole. We're, this is not, this is not channel. Awesome. Um, but <laughs> Thank God. We'll go for the, we'll go for the, the, the deeper criticisms, like yeah. how there are several poorly developed themes, uh, in this movie. Mm. Well, We'll go to the next uh, criticism that at this point when they start their journey, I have checked out of the movie because the next like hour is the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, this movie this was film. was crazy up until this point, And at this point, it just becomes so boring because their whole adventure along the river, nothing happens. I thought that maybe what was going on was Mo knew the way this is what I thought the plot would be. I wrote prediction here. Prediction. Mo knows the way to Big Water and is just prolonging the journey because he doesn't want to split up with the friends at the end. You know, like he's purposely like screwing around. That would be a great twist. That would actually add some kind of conflict to this fucking movie. He's like, you know, pretending to be dead. You know, he's like, uh, he he lies and says that like Ducky is like drowning. Like, you know, like just to like prank people. Yeah, um, he pretends to drown just to like, yeah, just to be an asshole. He's just playing pranks all the time. And it gets on Sarah's nerves like really bad. And Littlefoot yeah. has to have this little heart to heart with him where he's like, why don't you cool it on having fun all the time because Sarah's not really having a good time. Maybe you should stop playing around for now, okay? I think you're kind of getting on Sarah's nerves. Nerves? And it's kind of trying to develop <laughs> on that theme from you know, well an imaginary friend would just get along with you all the time and it's, it's kind of supposed to be mm -hmm. like well, you know, you don't always perfectly get along with everybody. You have to, you have to compromise. You have to find ways to work around your differences. It's just not very developed. Well, because the, yeah. the, the imaginary friend stuff is basically gone at this point. Like, we really mm -hmm. don't hear any more about it. It literally is just like them traveling through a river with, like, almost no conflict. They even, like, um, make up a reason for the, the big dinosaur to not chase him for a while, that he's just conveniently been trapped in a cave yeah. because of the earthquake. Mm -hmm. Only to is, show up mm -hmm. at the end of the third act. Yes. Mo pretends to die, and I wrote, they all, including Sarah, willingly jump into the river and sacrifice their lives for Mo in a heartbeat for no reason. Even though he's like a fish. You remember that? Yeah, I remember he's that. He's a fucking fish. He would be fine <laughs> under the water. Like, what? What is wrong with you? I, 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 I wrote something in my notes here at this point that it just says, I hate you, Mo. <laughs> and that's it. This is also the scene where Mo jumps over the rock yes. to get to the other side. And one of the dinosaurs says like, oh, Mo can't just jump over this because it's a huge rock. It's like yeah. a giant rock. Like one of the dinosaurs says, you know, if he tries to do that, he'll just get squished. And Ducky goes, maybe he won't get squished too badly. <laughs> if Mo not make it, he get all squished. But Petrie, maybe he would not get squished too badly. Hmm, maybe. It sounds fun. <laughs> I wrote I wrote that down too. That was amazing. Uh that that's a we'll great just, like like we'll the just try Joe it. Biden line. Like he could they could just aim for the knees, you know. <laughs> 
This really is about 2020. When I was uh, hanging around with my uh, dog Kit Kat, we would uh, <laughs> jump over moon pies all the time when we were getting them cows under the... Uh, come on, man. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. That Sarah uh, ain't nothing but a lion dog face pony soldier. <laughs> An actual thing a grown, <laughs> a grown man said. So here we get the uh, the locust. The locust has come and attack uh, Little Fun and his friends for some reason. But then it turns out that actually Mo is communicating with the locusts because he can speak locust because I guess they make crazy noises like he does. Yeah, Mo can speak crazy. So he can talk to other animals that are also insane, like the like the locusts. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to ask about that. Can Mo just speak every language i i think he's like chomper where chomper can speak like plant eater and sharp tooth but like this one can talk like fish and locusts but like it makes sense for him to know all of the like sea creature languages but why does he talk locust why does a dolphin from the ocean know how to talk like a locust um uh, something's wrong uh, uh, they're communicating uh, uh so uh 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 well, anyway, Chris, um, we uh, at this point, <laughs> well, we missed that. Uh, they do a little uh, reprisal of the Big Big Water song from Land from Before Time five. number five. Yeah, yeah, to entertain themselves. They sing that big, 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 big water, and they add a few new lyrics about the dolphin. We went there once some time ago, and now we're going back, you know. And this time we are taking Mo to that big water. Then they meet a long neck who has a bunch of eggs, who lets them stay with her in a completely pointless sequence that goes nowhere and only serves as the catalyst for the third song in the film, which is about that idea of you're never alone. No one has to be alone in this world we live in. You don't need to feel there's no one by your side. And it's the weirdest, like, catalyst for a song ever because it's literally just like they're sleeping and Mo wakes up Littlefoot and is like, look, look at this and shows him a bunch of starfish. And he's like, oh, wow, they're like uh, they're like tree stars, but in the water. And then he sings the song about how you're never alone because there's like bugs everywhere. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I like the song um, when he starts singing it, like all of his friends start to wake up and they look like just so groggy. Like, oh, my God, do we have to sing a song right now? Fuck, fine. Let's uh, just do it. What did you think of this song? I, I wrote down that it was just, I don't know, they meet this mother and they witness the freaking miracle of birth, you know? Yeah, all the, all the eggs hatch because of the song. Like, the song reaches a crescendo right. and all the eggs hatch Right, like... I imagine that if I was like a brontosaurus or like, you know, whatever the fuck she is, I would feel super connected to these little dinosaur children that like witnessed my eggs hatching. But I get the feeling that we're just never going to see this mom again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no. this mom is like never going to see any of these kids again. And what's really weird is she had eight eggs, but only five dinosaurs are there at the end. <laughs> that's hey, that's how tough life was back then. You know? Primordial times is, were harsh. Yeah. You never knew. Yeah. How yeah. Which is. You know, but this is animated. Like, you could have eight dinosaurs at the end, right? Like, if it's, like, an animated movie for kids. The emotional power of the song hatched five of them and killed the others. That's the harshness <laughs> of nature. It's like it's like how crocodiles are, are, like, all born male if it's too hot or all born female if it's too cold. It's, 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 like, it's like if the song is just good enough, they'll all hatch. But uh, the song was... Was at this place where where five of them hatched this, and the others died. This, this song induced uh, 
a premature birth and not all of the <laughs> dinosaurs survived. Oh, that's dark. Uh, we cut to the parents who aren't doing anything. Um, <laughs> they're literally cut, doing cut, nothing. They're, doing they're not, nothing. They're like, not hi, trying. we're also in this movie. They're not uh, trying to, <laughs> to go save their kids. They're just standing around in the Great Valley going like, ah, oh, gee, I hope our kids show up from their oh, adventure before and then dinner. Just, I and remember got... something about this, but you can go ahead and say your thing first. No, you go That's, ahead. No, that was it. That's all we're that done. fucking happened. Right. <laughs> Uh, sorry. I remember at one point, like, maybe this was earlier in the movie, actually, because it's kind of earlier in my notes anyways, but the parents go up to, like, sort of like a cliff, and they see Littlefoot and, like, Sarah and Spikes, like, everybody's dinosaur, little dinosaur footprints go right off a cliff. But, like, they're like, oh, our kids are lost, or, like, whatever. Yeah. Instead of, like, hey, maybe they, during that earth shake, they, like, fell down the, cl- or, or, like, you know... <laughs> jumped off the cliff or something i don't know you know like if no well again like this happens every movie i think there's a point where like your parental sense of uh safety for your children just like goes away because you've (laughs) used it too much you know like you can only use your magic mom powers to lift your kid trapped under a car so many times where you're like look i think i'm just gonna let you die under there it's the primordial times we can just mate and make more babies exactly exactly so they they, they, if my mother yeah see like that little foot gets it. He knows, like, just he. Sh- <laughs> um, yeah. So the adults are just like, yeah, whatever. All kids will be back. And Daddy Tops <laughs> is like, ah, that's okay. We got more important stuff to worry about. The uh, government is smuggling children in cabinets. So we got to go stop that. And we cut back to the kids. Um, who are also who are still doing nothing. No one has done anything for like a half hour at this point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They call that dinosaur Mrs. Mama, which I thought was funny. Thank you for letting us spend the night, Mrs. Mama. <laughs> Mrs. So, Mama, beautiful. They, Mrs. Mama, like just the most uh, uncreative thing. That's so cute. Only exists to be like a, a vessel to give birth to children. Mrs. Pregnant is here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, fuck, it's it's uh, Dinosaur the Handmaiden's Tale. Oh, fuck. Next uh, one. That'll be the next movie. So they, they, they arrive... <laughs> They arrive at uh, at Lake uh, Third Act, and um, <laughs> the weirdest shit happens. Right, where, yeah, right, right, I'm, pa- I'm right, sorry. right past the, the the fucking river of padding. There's uh, <laughs> the Lake of Third Act. So, I'm sorry to get cinema sinsy again here, but but I really don't understand what happens here. They're standing around in the lake. The lake is very shallow. It's just like it comes up to their, mm-hmm. their like ankles. Except wherever Mo is, even if it's right next to them, it's deep enough for him to be there. And then like the bad guy Mosasaurus shows up, like all of a sudden, like the Kool-Aid man just jumping out of the water. But like he's like a hundred feet long and he jumps out of the water right next to them, which is like they're standing in several inches of water, and like four feet away, the water is a hundred feet deep. Like, I, I don't understand what's going on in that shot. There's a lot of stuff wrong with this whole scene. Is this the, the scene where they hide in the tree trunk? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. A classic Lamby for time move, uh, hiding in a trunk. This time it doesn't work. Log, you've betrayed us. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, 
Because <laughs> there's an exterior shot where it's like, you see the whole of the log, and it's clearly, it's like big enough to fit, like, it's like a one little foot width of a log, right? Yeah. But then there's also this interior shot of the log, and it's like Spike, Sarah, and Littlefoot all just kind of chilling, like, in like a jacuzzi. Like, it's massive. Like, suddenly this wall, is, this log is huge and can easily comfortably fit all three of them, and they can all just sit down, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this, and it, um, <laughs> we have this Jurassic Parky moment inside the log where they're all hiding in the hollow log, and the big scary dinosaur grabs it in his jaws and starts shaking them around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, like you said, like this log is really huge um, on the inside. Um, actually, uh, this Tardis lo- log. This tar- yeah, this log actually um, ends up surviving for millions of years, and uh, it, it's used to make part of the House of Leaves, which is one of those fun <laughs> uh, one of those fun facts that they don't tell you in film school. Mo starts fighting the big dinosaur fish up to a point where like he just accepts death and he goes to Littlefoot and says goodbye friends like damn what movie you have not earned this moment (laughs) what the hell is happening did you did you feel that rachel yeah yeah but i think i think the weirdest one is when or one of the weird excuse me there's many weird moments but (laughs) one of the other weird moments was when the big sharp tooth i wrote this in my notes i don't know why i take notes like this but i wrote big sharp tooth went oh fuck there's my house and ditches mo and just runs away (laughs) Yeah, the the big sharp tooth, like, there's actually this extended moment where they think Mo is dead because they don't see him, like, come up and they're like, oh no, he's dead. And they have this, like, eulogy for Mo. Yeah, and Sarah says something like, you know, I'm I'm sad. And, like, Littlefoot straight up is like, what are you talking about, Sarah? You hated Mo. And Sarah's like, yeah. (laughs) But, Sarah, I thought you didn't like Mo. Well, I did like him, kind of. Okay, I didn't like him. Uh, I mean, it's just the right thing to say, little foot. And um, then they they discover suddenly that Mo is actually alive. And they're like, oh, what happened? And he's like, I hid in the log. And then the big sharp tooth smelled something. He, he sniffed the air and then took off in the other direction. Yeah, this is this all happens off screen. Like the sharp tooth leaving. This, yeah. movie, is, just, this movie is so yeah, yeah. bad. Like this is such a bad movie. <laughs> and they, they reason that, oh, hey, the ocean must have been there. He smelled the ocean and he went home. So it really was just like the sharp tooth's like, the fuck am I? doing out here it's late i'm oh, going fuck. home God, my you know my cousin was in the first movie like he had an actual like arc things to do i can do better than land before time nine and i agree with him so there's also um a couple of funny moments i want to point out here um sarah we find out obviously is jealous that that mo is littlefoot's best friend because she wants to be a best mm-hmm. friend and littlefoot's like you're all my best friends like you're all fun and i love you and Sarah's like, whoa, why was I even jealous then? Then what was I all jealous for? Beats me. And I'm like, yeah, wh- God forbid there be a conflict of some kind in this movie. Yeah. Mo comes back. Um, yeah, yeah, much like the ending of The Iron Giant, he did not die in vain. Uh, he comes back and they go to the ocean where like a bunch of just like nothing happens. I uh, don't even like really remember. Like they meet like his family of like also annoying, like a whole fucking like Gungan race of just annoying ass dolphins. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they don't know how they're going to get home um, because That's right. the way that this they. Is great. The way that they got to the big water in the last movie was they they went to like the three smoking mountains, but they 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 right. they 
can't find the three smoking mountains. They don't know how to get there. And so Moe's like, oh, I'll ask my my kind. And they they send this like echolocation. The elder. Yeah, the elders. They send this like echolocation subspace transmission all over the ocean. <laughs> And it comes back, and Mo's like immediately, immediately. And Mo's like, "Look, I found your way home." And yeah, he they, looks they fuck, slightly they, they... to the right, <laughs> and there's the smoking mountains, like right there, oh, like yeah. in their field of vision. Just totally faking it, like they did not have to do. It. Like, let's just like, dude, they're gonna think we're so cool if we pretend like this was hard. Yeah. Uh, Mo communicates with elders off screen to save money on animation. Yeah, yeah. I love that Mo calls him Waterkin. Like, God, I've drawn a few Waterkin in my day. I have to tell you, uh, really, really fun. Rachel, have you ever drawn any Waterkin on on Tumblr or anything like that? I plead the fifth. Okay, fair answer. Littlefoot falls into the water and almost drowns. Sees a bunch of reefs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Littlefoot, like Mo's, like Littlefoot. You want to see where I live? And Littlefoot's like, yeah. He jumps in the water and immediately realizes that a he cannot swim and b he cannot float yes. and he starts sinking to the bottom <laughs> I guess because his, his gastroliths are weighing him down or something and he almost dies and Mo, Mo yeah. has to save him and then he like comes out he's like wow Mo thank you for showing me your um, actually fairly mediocre world of uh, just not <laughs> yeah. particularly well drawn reefs it's going to be an avatar too oh fuck and then they leave and the narrator goes uh, and now they begin their long journey home and I'm just thinking four more hours four <laughs> more hours but thankfully their journey was at an end and they, they make it back home home and this film mercifully ends cut to a a remix of the the uh, not alone song sung by donny osmond so uh fuck yeah to that little little cameo in this movie hell yeah so rachel um what, what are your your final thoughts on this movie oh my lord that was just that was i just i keep i kept writing what the fuck over and over <laughs> like when the earthquake happened like i wrote what the fuck and underlined it like three times petrie's sudden imagination song you know for no reason that mm -hmm. had nothing to do with the narrative mm -hmm. and, and like i didn't even know what it was really about because they're they're like you said uh chris earlier there's just so many themes that they seem to want to shove in yeah like theme number one like is a, is it okay to have an imaginary friend like our real relationships or or like our real relationships with real people like kind of like they have this authenticity that you can't just substitute with an imaginary friend but then that's sometimes the other weird thing about you're never alone because i yeah. guess the world is full of life and that constitutes never being alone like know when to like not be an obnoxious little child and like know when like playing pranks on people is a bad idea uh know how to read the room read the circumstances what else there was a bunch of themes yeah just all uh, all undeveloped and all unfocused. of these themes yeah what was yeah, the, what was yeah. the point it, of this movie there was no point like, th this movie was, again, the most just empty of purpose in meeting. There's not even a B-plot in this movie. It's just entirely yeah. A-plot of fucking dinosaurs no, it's walking like, through a river. It's all, like, you know, like, what's, like, a letter of the alphabet that's, like, kind of weird that nobody fucking cares about? Like, uh, P. There we go. It's all <laughs> P-plots. It's just, it's all, like, it's, not it's even C-plot. It's all P-P-poo-poo plots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it, it's not even Z-plots because Z sounds like a cool letter. Yeah. So, like, a, a just P-plots. 
people like just all underdeveloped and no like you said no focus because i i was like what's the what's gonna be the end result here because littlefoot starts off boring or bored and boring and it's like okay is littlefoot gonna learn how to make new friends and kind of like reconcile that with his like current friends and then it's like climate change too like the whole apparently the whole rest of the we learn this in the narration that the whole rest of the um dinosaur world except for the great valley is just completely screwed you know that's but that's something that's because that's of throughout the, all because the, of the rain yeah 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 usually these movies do have like a nice little theme like that like like something to wrap up in a little bow for children like remember to yeah. not bully people but this one just didn't know what it was about yes yeah very much so you know and that's like step one isn't it Step one is iron out what your thing is about. What's the lesson you want to teach the kids? And how do you, like, how do you develop that creatively? But it was just very... And it's just jarring. Like, Moe's whole design is so jarring. It's just way... T I don't understand, like, why they suddenly decided to make all of these, like, hot pink and hot purple and, like, yellow, like, bright freaking dinosaurs. I, I mean, you said earlier, but, like, shoot, like, you already have these kind of earthy-toned dinosaurs. So make more of those, you dumb losers. Now we gotta, you know? we gotta, like, we gotta entertain the babies with I, all the right colors. I have a feeling that it's it's just like, well, the main cast of Land Before Time is already, like, this kind of perfect mixture of colors and shapes so how do you add another character to that without just making it some kind of crazy eye-catching rainbow thing, you know? Yeah, it's like every dinosaur is like somebody's like DeviantArt OC of like uh, <laughs> yeah. of like a fucking My Little Pony character or something. I think it's possible. I think you can make another dinosaur and just kind of like keep a similar sort of design style. And you can definitely like keep the sort of coloring. Yeah, like, sure, yeah, like, ch like Chomper doesn't look that bad. You know, he's in yeah. the second Yeah, Chomper movie. wasn't yeah. too much of a deviation. Yeah, Chomper and... And, and Ruby Ruby looks a little different, but Chomper and Ruby uh, kind of round out the shape of the main cast pretty well. Uh, Ruby comes yeah. away later in the uh, she's in the TV show. Yeah, which you can hear our episodes on uh, on Patreon. Which yeah, we'll remind yeah. you again of that. Well, folks, Rachel, it is time now for everyone, and I do mean everyone's favorite segment: Dino Facts with. Professor Truth. Aren't you going to ask me my fucking favorite dinosaur? That comes later. <laughs> you said you listened oh. to our podcast, Rachel. I'm you sorry, wait your I turn. <laughs> sorry. Okay. You are forgiven. Now, Professor Truthosaurus, what do you have for us today? Well, the new character for this movie uh, is Mo, and Mo is an ichthyosaurus. Uh, ichthyosaurs are interesting because they look exactly like dolphins, yet they have no evolutionary relationship to dolphins whatsoever. Um, an ichthyosaur, which literally translates as a fish lizard, was a type of marine reptile that thrived uh, mainly in the Triassic and Jurassic periods. They were around for a little bit of the Cretaceous as well. And they had reptilian ancestors that had walked on land. And they gradually returned to the sea. And they developed uh, flippers and fins in place of their ordinary limbs. And they ended up looking almost exactly like modern day dolphins. The interesting fact of them evolving to look exactly like dolphins 
is something that we call convergent evolution. And convergent evolution is one of the most fascinating topics in evolution because sometimes there are occurrences where the same exact form will materialize multiple times in organisms that have no relationship to each other whatsoever. And convergent evolution can refer to just similar broad characteristics like flight, which has emerged four different times in the history of this planet, bugs, bats, birds, and pterosaurs, all with different mechanisms of flight. Or it can refer to organisms that are not closely related but look almost completely identical, like the emerald tree boa and the green tree python. Ichthyosaurs have a particularly fascinating case of this because long after the extinction of the dinosaurs, a group of uh, what were initially uh, hoofed mammals ended up taking the exact same path of going back to the ocean and developing an amphibious and finally fully aquatic lifestyle and becoming dolphins. So it begs the question, what is it about the shape of a dolphin? that is so perfect because evidently it is perfect enough that when land animals go back to the sea that's what they end up looking like uh the other creature i want to discuss briefly is the mosasaurus the mosasaurus is the bad guy sharp tooth in this movie it's uh become famous recently because of its inclusion in jurassic world and that one was like an ichthyosaur, but it was a colossal super predator, almost like a gigantic crocodile whale. And mosasaurs, we know a little bit more about their evolutionary history. Believe it or not, they share a common ancestor with today's snakes, uh, as well as possibly today's monitor lizards. It's believed that monitor lizards, one of the most ancient forms of lizards, evolved both into snakes and into mosasaurs, which is another testament to how fascinating evolution can be, that you can take something like a monitor lizard, give it maybe a habit of burrowing and a habit of eating rodents, and sooner or later it's going to lose its limbs, it's going to gain venom, it's going to turn into a snake. Or you put it near the ocean, you give it a habit of going swimming and eating fish, and eventually it's going to turn into this gigantic mosasaur that looks nothing like a snake and only through studying the bones can you ascertain that they were once descended from one and the same creature so marine reptiles just give us a, a fascinating look at all the weird and wonderful things that evolution can do fascinating thank you that's really interesting thank you nobody ever says fascinating <laughs> no it was really uh, interesting yeah it was really uh, interesting uh, do you know how um do you know why convergent evolution happens or like why uh it's it's basically Actually, just i'm sorry that was a rhetorical question oh i know why convergent evolution oh, dr dr rongodactyl knows okay i know exactly why um so we've talked <laughs> about uh convergent evolution evolution a lot on this program, but we haven't talked about why it happens. It's it's incredibly debatable. There are, is literally no concrete uh, answer as to what causes evolution, even if it if it even exists. Uh, but there is one correct theory. 
Um, there's one proven to be 99%, right? I mean, I don't want to be an asshole about it. So it's, it's pretty, pretty close to 100%. Back in the olden times, uh, primordial era, when all of these, um, uh, when, you know, these movies take place, uh, the creatures that we know and love, the dinosaurs, the, the lizards and snakes, monarch or otherwise that you talked about did not look how they do now. For in fact, they were not creatures. They were, uh, collectible playing cards, uh, possibly, uh, for a, a game. Uh, made uh, primarily for children and it was played by angels and God. God wasn't very good at it though. What happened was is that these angels would be playing this. Like I lay down my uh, my snake card another would be like you've activated my uh, my nest card and it was all good fun until somebody bought a pack of uh, polymorph trap cards um, which totally changed the meta for all the angels involved. Now you could like mix like a, a pot of greed with a, um, a pteranodon and it became just absolute <laughs> chaos. Uh, 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 decks were getting banned from tourneys all the time. And it just wasn't a really fun time to be a, a life player, which is what it was called. Uh, it was called uh, Life the Following was the name of the game. Until finally God, uh, who was kind of like the uh, the grandmaster uh, referee of Life the Following, had to step in and go, look, I have to ban some cards. I'm sorry. Like, I know you don't like it. We have to restrict the amount of um, fusion decks. Uh, mill decks are just not fun. They ruin the the, the, the pacing of play for everybody. And um, we can't uh, have uh, IC manipulators anymore. You know what? Like, it's just not it's just not working. Once all of this happened, all these changes happened, um, the Angels just got bored and didn't like the new way the, the game was going. Standard Edition was just horrible at this rate and nobody was playing Legacy anymore. So they all just threw their cards on the ground and went and played like Hopscotch or something. Of course, the, the cards didn't want to die so they learned to um, become real through evolution and that's how we got uh, the animals and creatures and people we know and love today. You know doctor that is fascinating if you let me ah. make a, a phone call real quick I think I can get you a lecturing opportunity. Uh, hey security yeah, yeah, it's Dr. Rongodactyl. She's in the building and she won't leave. I'll tell Dr. Security that I have a book that I, I owe her, so. Oh, okay. Um, bring bring a garbage can for her book, too. Okay, yeah, thanks, <laughs> bye. I have a question for Dr. Uh, Truthosaurus really quick. Yeah? Actually, no, I have a question for Chris. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck Dr. Truthosaurus. <laughs> Fuck yeah, my character yeah. who is exactly it's called me. A, it's called a, a Mosasaur, but the Ithkasaur is named Mo. Yeah, I normally the naming conventions in this in this franchise do that. Like they're based on whatever it is, like, you know, like Sarah. Like Hip, the, uh, the Hippopotodon or whatever. Exactly, hip, Hypsilophodon. And they there called they called him Mo, but he's he's not a mosasaur. He's designed like a like a baby ichthyosaur. So I don't know. What's a mosasaur? I, I just it's I the just thing that we. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> I was I was too I was too busy. Um, uh, sorry, I was too busy thinking about cute boys, and I got distracted. Desperately mm -hmm. trying to to improv something. No, uh, no, ever right. improv. What are you talking about? So yeah, no, I was trying I'm, to remember textbooks that I've written. Yes, is that's what I was saying. Mosasaurs are the bad guy, sharp tooth. Got it. Now, Rachel, before we go, yes. we are going to ask you the question that we ask all of our guests. What is your favorite dinosaur and why? Mine is actually the Ankylosaurus with like the big spike tail, like the spiky ball on the tail. Wonderful choice. I think you're the first person to choose that. Yeah. And the reason why is actually, okay, so... <laughs> When I was like maybe seven or eight, I had a dinosaur book that was like, um, it was like a pop up, you know, Chris, you might have read it as a kid because it was like in every classroom. It was like basically two big eyes that were like 
plastic ball eyes, and then oh, the, each, the book I've itself seen, was like this cardboard. Yes. And each page yeah. like li- and, lined up the eyes, so yeah, the eyes was, would be on a different yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I had yeah. that it book. It was called Ten Little Dinosaurs. I had that book, yeah. Yeah, I knew you probably would. And I remember the fifth dinosaur was this like really, really rad looking dinosaur that was like on a skateboard, like jumping in midair. And I just <laughs> thought that was like the coolest fucking thing. I was like, what is this dinosaur? It's like go-go drinking dinosaur. And in the dinosaur. book it said it was an ankylosaurus. They're like, this is the, uh, you know, ankylosaurus. And I'm like, this is the coolest dinosaur I've ever seen, you know? Yeah. Like, look at all these other dinosaurs. Like, one of them's eating a hot dog. That's lame. Like, <laughs> one of them's like, <laughs> one of them's just a skull at the very end. That's lame. I don't want, you know. And maybe that's part of the reason why I didn't like Sarah was because she was a triceratops and the triceratops was dead in the book. I'm like, that's lame. I don't want the dead. Wait, what? The dead dinosaur. Wait, the triceratops <laughs> yeah. was dead? There was a dead yeah, dinosaur the, in a well, children's like a skeleton book? Yeah, just a museum. The skull. Just the skull with, like, the googly eyes. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the last page of the book. Yeah, it is. That's the last page I'm reading <laughs> of that book. Uh, Ankylosaurus. Right. Ankylosaurs are awesome. There's there's never been an animal with better armor in the history of the planet. Right. In um second grade, I did a whole, like, presentation on them, like, all basically because I read this book, and I just decided, like, yeah, this is hands down the coolest dinosaur because, it, it like, in this particular book, it can skateboard. <laughs> Yeah, it's, and, it's a radical um, dinosaur. Yeah, and, like, everyone around me, though, like, their favorite dinosaur was, like, a T-Rex or, like, a raptor. And I became, like, kind of insecure because I didn't know that you could change your favorite dinosaur. I thought that, like, you were just stuck with it forever. Oh, it's like uh, your MMO character. You're not allowed to, uh... Yeah, like, you're, or, like, <laughs> you're you know... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, shoot. Like, I didn't know. Yeah, and, and I remember, like, kind of keeping it, like, kind of to myself. Like, I think that the coolest dinosaur is an ankylosaurus. And most people, when I said that, like, as an elementary school, kid they're like what the fuck like what's wrong with you why don't you like a t-rex and i don't know but like i i just i guess i just made that decision like so early in my life and i just stuck with it forever like yeah fuck yeah i love ankylosaurus it's great that, no that's and good it's an yeah. herbivore i've always liked dinosaurs that where it was like a four-legged you know like um with like a teeny tiny head and big four trunk like legs and a sauropod there we go I liked those, and I didn't really like, um, you know, like a two-legged dinosaur so much. I thought those were kind of mean. Rachel, uh, again, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast and watching this this very boring but still crazy <laughs> movie. Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to plug for our audience? Uh, yeah, I got a Twitter, so you can follow me on Twitter. And, uh, you know, of course, read Jenna Spidermouths, please. I worked really hard on that, and... Uh, I made it so people would read it. And I'm really glad that Madeline and a bunch of other people have read it. It's really cool. And um, yeah, read it, see what you think, and share it around if you like it. Give it to someone who you think is um, really depressed because I've heard it helps. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, it's a very it's a very dark kind of uh, comic. For it's very sure. dark, yeah. Um, but but seriously, it, it really is one of the best comics that I, I've read in a long time. And I'm not just saying that because I'm like the host on the podcast trying to make my guests sound cool. Like it really like <laughs> genuinely is like an amazing read. Uh, so check that out. We will have links to all of those things uh, in the description. Um, and so now and so now it is time for us to to leave the uh, the bathing black hall of white matter that is the land before time land uh, jukebox. Uh, yeah, so Rachel, we'll, we'll send you back through the time portal before us so that you don't have to uh, deal with whatever shenanigans we're about to get into. I, I think we, I, I don't remember if we've escaped from hell yet. We'll figure that out. Wait, 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 wait. I have more notes. I have more notes. Don't, ah!
All right. Our time machine made it back just in time because it's a time machine for us to witness this historic event. Yeah, I made sure that our time machine was being extra time machine just so we can see the most amazing thing of all time. I know. Listeners, I, I know we just wasted your time talking about a Land Before Time movie for hours, but this is actually the most significant event in human history. We uh, were screwing around with the time portal, messing with the space-time continuum, accidentally, briefly, created a warp bubble, which was detected by a passing alien spacecraft, which is about to land. We're here at Devil's Tower, Wyoming. This is first contact. I am shaking in my panties. I can't even like begin to describe how excited I am to see ah, intelligent life. I know. Just just when our planet needs it the most in our darkest hour. Oh, there they come. The spaceship's descending. Okay, the ramp's opening up. Here they come, and it's dinosaurs? Uh, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they look uh, a lot like the... We are the Rainbow Faces. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, they look a lot like the Rainbow Faces. Welcome, humans, to the new era. Yes, we are the Rainbow Faces. My name is Zara. With the Z. Z is the most alien of the letters. We are going to take you on an extraordinary interstellar journey. Oh, oh. That's great. Well, that's wow. I was a little worried because you kind of just looked like the the, the weird dinosaurs from that movie we saw. Well, but where are you? Where are you going to take us? I mean, I've never even slipped the surly bonds of Earth except for that time we went around the moon. What, what are you going to show us out there in the cosmos? Well, the first thing we are going to show you is yes, a black hole. Oh wow! Are we going to be able to come right up to the event horizon? Oh and no! See space? Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, my English is not great. Are you familiar with the movie The Black Hole, made by the Disney Company? Oh, you're going to screen that movie for us. We are going to reenact that movie, but in space. Oh. Oh, that's, you know, that's kind of a boring movie there, Zara. I'm not sure if that's too, uh... Silence! You will respect our cultural traditions. After we go into the Black Hole... Keyword being the black hole, as in the Disney movie. Oh, God. We will take you to Treasure Planet. Oh. 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 oh um. Uh. Okay. Why are you sighing? Treasure Planet is the most exciting planet in all of the galaxy. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that's Maybe. what Michael Eisner thought. They got that uh. surfboard thing. But afterwards, we get to go to Titan AE. Do Do we have to? Do we have to go to? Titan A.E.? Yes, because Titan A.E. is where we get to meet Stitch. Oh, oh, that's okay. Oh, I like Stitch. Yeah. Yes, and he has a glitch. Oh. You know what? I think we're just going to leave here, uh, Zara and Zell. I don't think we, we need to go on those adventures. You would reject this great cosmic gift? Very hard, yeah. We would reject yeah, it yeah, very hard. Yeah, hard pass. We're, you know, we'll just sit here while our planet burns. We, we, we don't need to do space. Well, I guess we'll just have to enjoy all of this crystal Pepsi for ourselves. I guess you will. I'm yeah, not going to argue please with do. that. Yeah, please do. Well, this was a total bust, much like the rest of our lives. Well, um, I guess tune in next week when we talk about dinosaurs. Again. Again. For hours. For the rest of our lives. Hey, at least next time it's going to be the big 1-0, right? That's Man right. Time 10. It's finally old enough to drive. <laughs>
All the fans say they love that one. I hope it's good. Oh, God. This land was made for time and land. 